Hello, gentlemen and gentlewomen. Welcome in to the week six review episode of the Barely Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome in. We are excited to have you here. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Bryant the Boom Corgan, joined by Andrew the Diabetic Dynamo himself Hello. and Brendan the Producer Pika. Week six review. How did week six treat each of you? Ah, uh, well. Okay. I'm just disappointed because I beat him. He's going to go around and say it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to beat me. It was a good matchup. It was a close matchup. Um, yeah. Some some very interesting players performed really well. So I would say a very fun, slightly disappointing week for me. Andrew, that's a good way of, of saying it. There were a lot of bizarre uh, fantasy performances and a ton of fantasy letdowns. Uh, I know nobody cares about fantasy football leagues that aren't their own. Uh, but for example, in one of my lineups, I had Chenault, who I was really excited about. Yep. <laughs> I had Cooper Cup, who I was excited about. And Mike Gesicki, who I was really excited about. Uh, and all of those guys combined for roughly three fantasy football points. <laughs> yeah, a lot of... Uh... A lot of disappointing stuff. I mean, yes, yeah, there, a lot of big performances, a lot, a lot of bad performances. Performed better than Gasecki. Yeah, like, yeah, that on. was rough. Um, yeah, no, I'm excited to jump into this recap. You know, we're in week six. You know, we just wrapped it up. That's a pretty significant marker in the league. And you know, I know I said this last episode, but people are dealing with a very different team than what they started out with. Uh, and if that's not the case, congratulations, you jerk. That is not the situation I find myself in. So, yeah, what team did you pick? If that's yeah, the case? seriously, um, yeah, you know, let's start with uh, me bragging. Uh, yep. Andrew, I beat you with our uh, game predictions last week. I owe it all to the Lions, my favorite team. Yeah, I love to hate on the Lions. Yeah, Andrew, I'm leading five to one. Five one, not impossible, but no. uh, man, it's getting harder and harder every single it's a, week. It's a good, uh, it's a good margin for you, but you know. Yep. what I get for, it's a, for the Jaguars. It's a healthy cushion. A so, Andrew, point. if I may ask, uh, mm-hmm. first and foremost, I'm going to have you break down the big notable injuries of Week yeah. 6 uh, before we get into our top performers, lowest performers, or as we like to call it, players who went beast mode and players who played least mode. All right, let me, uh, let me break down. We got five big players here. Uh, first one we're going to start out with is Mark Ingram suffered an ankle injury. Uh, this is pretty early on in the game as well. Didn't return. Uh, luckily for the Ravens, they do have a bye week, so it won't be until week eight until Mark Ingram plays. Uh, so not really a lot of fantasy value changing. Um, if it wasn't a bye week, obviously J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards will get higher value, but by week for now, uh, he will most likely play after week seven. Should be week eight. Uh, we'll let you know later once the injury or once the news develops, uh, and later towards week eight against the matchup with the Ravers versus Steelers. Did I say Ravers? I meant Ravens. <laughs> anyway, Devonte Parker suffered a slight groin injury as well. Uh, it doesn't look like he's going to miss out on any weeks. He should be all fine there. Miles Sanders got a knee injury and he's expected to miss one to two weeks. 
Uh, they have a, I think they have an early week this week against the Giants. Uh, week seven, we'll talk about Miles Sanders. We'll talk about um, the other fantasy options for this team in the week seven uh, preview coming up later this week. We'll stick in Philly, though. We'll go Zach Ertz, ankle injury, expected to miss three to four weeks. He is and droppable. He's droppable. Nobody could tell the difference. <laughs> no one could tell the difference. He's not going to really, he's going to do just as uh, as much on the field than he did. He's, and and truthfully, that's probably a huge blessing in disguise for Ertz owners. Absolutely. That'll make that decision a heck of a lot easier. Uh, and I do apologize. I do not mean to be callous. Uh, I do understand it is a human being attached. Yeah. Uh, so I do wish him a speedy recovery. Uh, but with regards to fantasy football, uh, this will make it a lot easier to move on from that mm-hmm. fantasy fantasy asset. Absolutely. And I should mention Dallas Goddard is expected to come back this week. Uh, and again, we'll let you know later on in the week seven preview episode. Last injury to talk about is Raheem Mostert. This is a big one. He has been placed or he's likely to be placed on the IR uh, as well as running back Tevin Coleman. He's on, he's been on the IR for a while. So, which means Jarek McKinnon and Jeff Wilson has value once again. So, uh, keep that in mind. McKinnon should be a very, very solid pickup, uh, on waivers. So maybe we'll talk about him more. Maybe not. Those are the big injuries. So, uh, I guess we can move on to stock ups. Yeah. Andrew, I dig it. Thank you for breaking that down. Absolutely. Uh, week six was a bizarre one. You know, uh, we had some familiar names in the kick butt category. Mm -hmm. Uh, For example, Derrick Henry, uh, just he was week six MVP, 22 carries for 212 yards, two touchdowns. Also, two receptions for 52 yards. Um, He was a beast. You know, this is what you got when you gambled with Henry. Uh, This Titans offense hasn't skipped a beat. Tannehill's on fire. Henry's a beast. And there's really not a good way to stop this Titans offense. You know, as much hate as I like to place on the Titans, they're humming along. Uh, Mike Vrabel, the head coach, is looking like an awesome head coach. He is doing a really good job. So Derek Henry crushed it. You know, he's every bit the beast you were hoping he would be when you drafted him. And this is his upside. You know, he is a game wrecker. So Derek Henry, I'm thrilled. He is in the good graces. Uh, Andrew, who's your next beast mode player? My first beast mode player. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a quarterback. Uh, number four quarterback performer for this week. I'm gonna go Carson Wentz from the Philadelphia Eagles. 213 passing yards, two TDs. Also got 50, almost 50 rushing yards and a rushing TD. Uh, with a very very close loss against the Baltimore Ravens. This was an extremely close game who nobody expected it to be that close. I think the game ended 28 to 30 Baltimore winning it. Uh, Carson Wentz really had two bad weeks uh, at the very beginning of the season, but he's been averaging around 20 ish, 23 points around that range per game. Uh, And he's someone that I'm, I'm feeling a lot better with. I I like him a lot more uh, than I did earlier this season. And he, he's gone from, a bench player to a player who I would consider starting every week now at this point with Deshaun, uh, Deshaun Jackson almost said Watson, Deshaun Jackson coming back uh, and Travis Fulgham stepping up. I actually do like Carson Wentz as a starter for the rest of the season. 
Yeah, no, that's a solid pick, and he has been improving. Uh, his weapons still make me very nervous, but it that does. is a good it really point. does. Uh, next up, I have uh, my boy, somebody I was really excited for going into week six, and one of my yay players, DeAndre Swift, coming off of a bye on only 14 carries. He broke out 116 total yards, two touchdowns, and really one of the biggest performers this week. Uh, you know, he still split time with AP. Uh, it does seem like a pretty split time share. Uh, but I do think, you know, before going into week six, you know, he wasn't playing all that much. You know, he really wasn't getting a, a good share of the workload. You know, I think this shows he is in the scheme moving forward. And I think he's going to continue to have his role grow as they move away from uh, Adrian Peterson, as well as Carrion Johnson, as they should. You know, Matt Patricia is coaching for his job and DeAndre Swift is clearly the most athletic and uh, in his prime running back that these guys have. So DeAndre Swift had a great opportunity and I am so happy he delivered. Yeah, he looked really good out there. Definitely him over AP moving forward. I'm going to go with a player. Uh, I I should mention Swift was one of mine as well, but uh, this player, this wide receiver, I made the mistake of benching him this week. (laughs) Uh, and he had his best game yet. I'm talking about the 20th best wide receiver this season. This may shock you, but it's Keelan Cole for the Jacksonville Jaguars. With DJ Chark coming back, I thought Keelan Cole uh, will be in the shadows, um, droppable, not relevant at all. Behind Chenault. Behind <laughs> Chenault. Is, yeah, that's probably that's a big one there. Uh, but he was still targeted. He was targeted the most this game out of any game this season nine times he had six receptions for 143 yards he didn't get a touchdown but that's okay when you're putting up 143 yards and six receptions from a man who you didn't expect to even be relevant at this stage in the season i like him a lot moving forward uh seeing this production even with dj chark in the lineup uh i'd like keelan cole on on, on good matchups on good weeks. So they played the lions this week uh, and that was a very high scoring game. And I like healing Cole moving forward as well. So definitely beast mode. Yeah. Oh, that's a great one. Uh, another beast mode player I have is T Higgins uh, against the Indianapolis Colts this week. The Colts are pretty widely touted as a elite defense right up there with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, and people really weren't expecting that much from Burrow. Uh, T Higgins, he's a rookie. He stepped up in a major, major way. 125 yards on eight targets from Burrow against this vaulted defense. He's really stepping into his own. You know, he is right now currently behind Tyler Boyd. You know, I think he's, you know, I'm not gonna say the clear uh, number two option, uh, but you know, I think he's establishing himself in that role. And I think there's a legitimate chance of him coming out as the number one receiver for this team by the end of the season. Uh, he's really, you know, getting better each and every week, establishing that role. AJ Green is fading off into the sunset, and Burrow obviously has a strong connection with Higgins. He's getting the targets, but more importantly, he's getting the production. He's making those big plays, and he does seem to be the preferred red zone option. So T. Higgins in a really tough matchup. The rookie delivered. Nice. Uh, I'm going to go with tight end. Ooh, I'm going to go with Darren Fells from the 
Houston Texans. Darren Fells had six receptions for 85 yards and a touchdown this week. Got targeted seven times. Uh, This is basically time for me to eat crow here. I said stay away from the Houston Texans tight ends uh, because you don't know between Aikens and Fells who's going to be the guy. Aikens did miss this week due to an injury. Uh, but Fells, to me, has emerged as that number one that we expected. I know earlier this season, Aikens kind of stepped it up, uh, but Fells has emerged as the number one. I like him as a as a tight end, two as a backup tight end with bye weeks coming up. He's a good option to pick up. Uh, he's been targeted more and more each week, and he's getting the touchdowns. He's three for this season. So half the games he's getting touchdowns, and that's all you need out of tight end. So Darren Fells stepped it up, went beast mode this week. Yeah, that's a great one. Uh, Andrew, another beast mode player I have. Hit me with it. It's somebody you love. It is Miles Gaskin. Yes, yes. You know, the past couple of years, the Dolphins have been a running joke. Uh, but this season, they look like a legitimate and competent NFL team. A big part of it was we thought this running back situation was going to be a wasteland. You know, we didn't want anybody. Uh, Burita, Howard, Miles Gaskins, he was an afterthought. Um, but he really has come into his own this season. He didn't score a touchdown in week six, but he had 18 carries for 91 yards, four receptions for 35 yards. This is a productive Dolphins offense, and Gaskins is a lead running back. So he's been getting, his involvement is exactly what you were hoping it would be uh, from that lead running back. And he's producing week in, week out, and getting those goal line opportunities. So, Miles Gaskins, you know, he's really turned into a top 20 running back um, with really high RB2 upside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is a love beast mode player week in, week out. I've been very impressed. Oh, love that pick. Uh, my final one, my final beast mode is a bit of a shocker. I'm going to go with Tim Patrick. For the Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos got a upset this week, some would say, most would say, against the New England Patriots, winning 18-12. to uh, It it was an ugly game. It wasn't pretty. Uh, Drew Locke did not do well at all. Uh, and really, besides Philip Lindsay, the only performer was Tim Patrick. He was targeted eight times this game, which is very good uh, compared to Jerry Judy's five. Uh, got four receptions for 101 yards, no TDs, unfortunately, but he's really a big play guy. He had uh, a 41 uh, yard reception. That was the the big play of the game. And he's he's looking like a very viable option for fantasy. Um, only rostered in 18.6% of leagues. I know we're not in our waiver section yet, but he's been performing for the last three weeks. I love this guy. He's looking very good on a questionable team. Even with a bad performance on their quarterback, he still finds a way to put up big numbers. So Tim Patrick's my final beast mode. That's a good one. Uh, I do have two more. I'll go over it quick. Uh, Justin Jefferson for the Vikings. Huge, huge performance uh, again. 11 targets, 9 receptions for 166 yards, 2 touchdowns. I think he is going to be a Amari Cooper-like player. Uh, the ups, the downs, the blow-up performances, That's the disappearing like act. Yeah, Andrew, this is honestly, I think this is Amari Cooper 2.0. Um, he burned people last week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the week before, he was awesome. 
So it's going to be a yo-yo type situation, uh, but now you can clearly see he has the talent and with a really bad defense and a really volatile offensive system, Justin Jefferson is a, I think a very flexible player uh, with a really, really high upside. That's a good one. Uh, My final beast mode player is I'm going to say Brandon cooks. You know, he was kind of written off uh, after the first couple weeks of the season, but since Bill O'Brien left, Brandon Cooks, well, okay, not left, was forced out. Yeah, <laughs> um, it wasn't voluntary. Yes, yeah, and he's been great. Uh, this week he had nine targets, caught every single target for 68 yards and a touchdown. You know, that's not a, a earth-shattering performance, but that's a really consistent, reliable output. You know, that is, that's what wins championships is that type of player who just puts in the work. Uh, it looks like Brandon Cooks is really becoming a, a trusted option for Deshaun Watson. And if this Texans team wants to win games, they're going to let Watson cook. Uh, and not to steal that term from Russell Wilson, but I think it also applies to Watson. You know, this team will run through him and, you know, whoever he deems is his most worthy wide receiver, whether it be Fuller, whether it be Cooks, they can both work in week six, both Fuller and cooks put up a touchdown. So Brandon cooks is somebody who was written off, came back. If he's available on waivers, pick him up. And I think he's a startable asset moving forward. Great one. Like that pick. Now, Andrew, we went through the beasts. Now we have to wade through the leasts. Uh, Unfortunately, there was a lot of them from week six. There's too many. And uh, on another note, I rostered about half of them. So this should be very funny and very personal. I got one as well. Yeah, let me start. Uh, LaVisca Chenault. This guy, since week one, has been very involved, getting targets through the air, uh, having manufactured rushing plays. He seemed, you know, he didn't have the, the huge upside that we've seen from other rookies, but he seemed to have a really safe floor of like 70 total touches or 70 total yards each week, each week. But poop the bed this week, broke my heart. Uh, I think it was 17 total yards. Uh, just gross. Yeah, it really sank my team. Um, you know, it was a good reminder that there is a floor and it's hard to find a guaranteed workload. So Chenault, I still love you. I still believe in you, but you reminded me that I was playing with fire. Nice. Uh, I'm going to go with a, a, a quarterback, my only quarterback of this list, who really for the last couple of weeks has, has been a, a, he was top 10 one week, top 12 the next week, and now he's back down to obscurity. Teddy Bridgewater of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, he's definitely least mode. Had a terrible week this week against the Chicago Bears. It was a pretty good defense. 216 passing yards, two interceptions, uh, no touchdowns thrown. He did have his most rushing yards he's had in any game this season, but he has gone from a uh, a very good uh, a quarterback two with quarterback one upside in week four and five. Now I think he's back down to like I said, obscurity, not really fantasy relevant unless you're desperate for a quarterback. So a lot of quarterbacks, unfortunately, not performing well this season. So, uh, yeah, Teddy Bridgewater really fading on him. Least mode. Yeah. Oh, that's a great one. Uh, next up, I have the entire Patriots offense. Um, you know, I was a big proponent of Tan- of Cam coming into the season. I thought he could immediately step in and become a fantasy uh, powerhouse. 
And throughout the season, he has shown uh, really well. You know, he's healthy. He's running the ball. This past week was awful. <laughs> I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Um, I was amazed that he was able to get uh, 19 fantasy football points. Uh, you know, fortunately, he had, I believe it was over 50 yards rushing. He did get a rushing touchdown there towards the end, but it was ugly. Uh, and this was a, it just looked like a discombobulated offense. You know, the receivers are not good. They're not getting separation. Uh, and Cam Newton, you know, bless his heart. I really like him, but I just don't know how this offense is going to function with the weapons that they currently have. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they stop Cam from rushing, they can't do all that much. Their run game isn't great. They're, like I said, their receivers are, are just not playing well. Um, so Cam Newton, he's somebody I'm starting to fade. You know, I really don't know <laughs> what we're going to get with him. Uh, granted, I do think he has a high floor. Uh, and moving forward, I still prefer him to people like Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, no offense to Teddy. But I'm starting to look yeah, at alternative true. options. You know, Cam Newton for myself was a, a late-round quarterback. Uh, and I'm starting to look at other emerging quarterbacks as options. Uh, Julian Edelman had eight receiving yards. I'm I'm off Julian Edelman. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he had one big game, and he just he seems like he's over the hill, and he doesn't quite have it anymore. So Julian Edelman, I think, not only should not be started, uh, but you know, I think give him another week, and if you still can't piece it together, he's off my roster. That's that's good. Uh, you know, great minds think alike. Because two players on my list here for least mode is Julian Edelman, like you talked about. Nice. Only getting two receptions for eight yards in this not-so-great-looking offense. Another player I had who I started over, Keelan Cole, if you were interested. Uh, no one is. But Damian Harris, yep. running back for New England. Uh, I thought that this would be a... a it's it wouldn't be an outstanding game for Harris. I thought it was going to be a decent game. Uh, I thought Patriots are going to take an early lead and just run the ball out. Uh, and Harris should have been the leading back. I will give him credit. He technically was the leading back on the ground, but he only carried the ball six times and only ran the ball for 19 yards. Yes, that was the best performance out of a running back this week. James White did get eight receptions for 65 yards in the air. Uh, but ground game Damian Harris was the lead back. I expected a lot better out of him, but this game did not go as expected. Uh, Damian Harris, I think, is still rosterable, but definitely not startable until proven otherwise. I thought he could do it after having a good week uh, against Kansas City a couple weeks ago, putting up 100 rushing yards, but no, he, he's he's a bench player for me now uh, and until proven otherwise. So, yeah, I got Edelman... And Damian Harris on on this lease mode. I I'm with you on Edelman. I actually think I would drop him at this point. There's a lot of good uh, wide receivers that I'd rather have instead, like Nelson Aguilar, for example. As weird as that is to say, yeah, I think that is weird to say. Uh, but I I can certainly not blame you for dropping Edelman. Uh, another player I have on this list is Alexander Madison. Uh, is. People were really expecting him to be a lottery type pick. With Dalvin Cook being out, they thought Alexander Madison, and myself included, you know, really thought that he'd step up in a major way and be a good one-week rental. Uh, it's kind of like 
getting an app to rent a Lamborghini for the day. However, did not turn out that way. Uh, Alexander Madison, 30 total yards on 11 touches. That's gross. That is, that's not going to pay the bills. And the people who just auto put them in their lineup and benched really solid options for what they thought was a guaranteed workload by a really good player, uh, unfortunately got their hopes crushed. Uh, Dalvin Cook should be back uh, after their bye, but uh, Alexander Madison, that was a gross showing, uh, not just by him, but this entire Vikings team. Absolutely. I'm going to go with T.Y. Hilton for the Indianapolis Colts. He is done. Done with him. I I was I, I said give him a couple more weeks, but in a game where Philip Rivers threw over 350 yards and three TDs, the highest by far the best performance out of Philip Rivers this week or this season, excuse me. Uh, you would think that some of these touchdowns would go to Ty Hilton, some of these yards would go to Ty Hilton. No, Ty Hilton caught one ball for 11 yards this week against Cincinnati. It was literally every other receiver stepped it up over <laughs> T.Y. Hilton. I mean, Naeem Hines had more receiving yards than T.Y. Hilton, had more receptions than T.Y. Hilton, had more targets than T.Y. Hilton. It's terrible. Jack Doyle did better than Hilton. Two tight ends. Two running backs. I mean, all of them did better than T.Y. I'm I'm done with him this, this year. He is unfortunately uh, a free agent now so it's very unfortunate this was a a connection that i was very excited for this season uh but it's really it's really turning sour so no ty Hilton for me anymore least mode on the free agents yeah that's a good one uh another one i have is kareem hunt 15 total touches for only 57 total yards you know, I think this was an a anomaly. This entire Browns offense did not look good. Uh, and the Steelers defense looked incredible. So Kareem Hunt, I will attribute that to a anomaly. Uh, I will, will mention another person that I am much more concerned about. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, six total yards. Yep. There's a bunch, there's a couple other factors. Um, you know, they didn't really need him. You know, they manhandled this Browns team, so they really didn't need to involve Juju Smith-Schuster. What does give me cause for concern is the involvement of Chase Claypool. Deontay Johnson was listed out before the game started, uh, so the starting two wide receivers were Claypool and Juju. I think they're starting to phase Juju out of the lineup. I don't think he's back next year, and I think they're prepping for life after Juju. So as much as I love Juju the person, as much as I love what we've seen him do in the past, I don't think this is his team anymore. Uh, He is now a wide receiver three tops for me. (laughs) And I think, unfortunately, his star is starting to fade in Pittsburgh. Uh, Not to say I don't like him moving forward, but there's no excuse uh, for these performances. And he really has not delivered this season. Man, I mean, remember back when I said great minds think alike? (laughs) <laughs> he was that final player on my list. This should have been the week where Juju should have should have had a good performance, but James Washington was the one that stepped it up, uh, as well as Chase Claypool, obviously. We knew he was going to have a good game. But yeah, Juju Smith has turned from wide receiver one to a wide receiver three for me, uh, even questioning if I want to start him in my league. So yeah, good pick there. Nice. Uh, do you have any more? That's it. 
That's it. You got my last one. I will give one more because Go I'm salty. Uh, Mike yep. Gusecki. <laughs> um, you know, tight end is gross. We know that. But Gasicki, we saw Shaheen go off. Oh, God, Gasecki. He was looking so good, and he was so involved in his offense. And in such a good matchup, he disappears and delivers a goose egg. Um, you know, tight end is gross. Like I said, we say that all the time. You know, I think you just have to keep going back to the well. You know, he is involved, and he is that freak athlete. He runs the routes. We want our tight ends to run. It's just a really cruddy week six. So <laughs> there's my analysis. Um, I'm hoping Noah Fant comes back next week from his injury and you just keep streaming. Um, that wraps up our beast mode and least mode players of the week. Andrew, I think yeah. we can cap this off with our yep. top three waiver picks going into my week favorite. seven. I'll start yep. because I like taking the best players first. Yep. Go for it. Uh, You're obviously, not have the same picks as I am. I promise you that. Oh, okay. Mine are too ugly for you. <laughs> mine are mine are way too gross. Our picks are like our taste in women. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> come on, come on. That's harsh. That's harsh. Oh, I'm sorry. That was mean. Yeah. I take that back. Does that uh, mean? Does that mean that I have no waiver soundings for this week? <laughs> no, they're all imaginary. Oh, so firm. <laughs> Don't burn. All right. All right. Let's move uh, on. Let's just end the podcast there. That was, that was fun. I'll just uh, turn it yeah. in for the night. <laughs> the most important waiver pickup, in my opinion, is Boston Scott of the yep. Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Miles Sanders looks to have a rather serious injury. There are internal discussions with the Eagle organization that are pretty concerned about the severity of the injury. And Boston Scott steps into a really good rushing offense. Do I like Boston Scott as a player? Not necessarily, but he's going to have the he's going to have the workload in a good rushing offense that immediately makes him rosterable. And I think in the right matchup that makes him streamable as well. Uh, Boston Scott is my number one pickup going into Week Seven. That's a good one. That's a really good one. I was really glad that you picked him, uh, just because I. I knew that I tried to stay away from the uh, the players that will that have increased value because of injuries, like um, like Jarek McKinnon, for example, another good pickup, definitely a top waiver signing with Mostert uh, likely being placed on the IR. But I would I went with something a little little uglier, like I said. Uh, I want to go with running back J.D. McKissick for Washington. I talked about him last week. He's only rostered in twenty five percent of leagues. He's being more and more involved in this offense. The less Dwayne Haskins there is in Washington, the more J.D. McKissick. So uh, McKissick got eight carries this week compared to last week's one. Got 41 yards, uh, but he's very involved in the receiving game with six receptions and 43 yards as well. He's not going to be a, a, a top running back ever. But depending on matchup, he can be a very, very good flex. Uh, he is He's averaging around eight, nine-ish points. Uh, but that's I think it's higher just because he had uh, basically put up a goose egg week one. So uh, Gibson's still going to be the main guy, but McKissick it, is still involved in this offense, especially if Kyle Allen is still the quarterback. Yeah, that is a great pick. Um, you know, I next have a rarity for me. I have a quarterback pick. Oh, 
Uh, okay. Justin Herbert. You know, yeah, he is. is coming off of a bye. You know, he's obviously a rookie, so people might still be sleeping on him. He is 55% rostered in Yahoo Leagues. Yep, 45 in ESPN. Oh, yeah. he is somebody who is... these. <laughs> He's coming off of some some really great games against some pretty tough matchups against Tampa Bay, 290 pass yards, three passing touchdowns against New Orleans. He had four passing touchdowns. He's getting it done. Uh, This is a good Chargers team. You know, they don't have Austin Eckler. Uh, Keenan Allen is hurt, but he's expected to be back. Mike Williams is healthy. Hunter Henry is there. This is a good Chargers offense, and Herbert has shown he can put up numbers. So I think he's somebody that you know I'm looking to pivot to as I move away from Cam Newton. I think Herbert could be the answer, and more importantly, his bye is done with. You know, he's already had that bye week going into Week Seven, uh, so he's somebody that you can just set there and forget. That's a that's a good one. I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I was gonna roast you for picking Justin Herbert. Uh, just because in my head he he's such an obvious pick that I just assumed everyone else picked him up, but only <laughs> rostered forty five percent of leagues. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So very good pick. Uh, my hot take is he's going to be top ten. Uh, he's going to end top yeah, ten this that's season. Solid. And uh, it's that hot take is lo- looking less and less hot and turning into a, uh realistic. So if you don't pick up <laughs> Herbert, do it now. Otherwise. No, I'm not going to say that. Anyway, uh, I was just going to say, otherwise you're an idiot, but I love all of you. So uh, next pick, Adam Humphreys, Tennessee Titans. I said, these picks are going to be ugly. You're not going to like them, but these are very, very good flex options. He is averaging over 10 points a game. When when A.J. Brown is out, he's surprisingly worse. A.J. Brown coming in has helped Adam Humphreys. Adam Humphreys has had the best game uh, this season, with six receptions, 64 yards, and a touchdown, he's being targeted six or seven times each game. Uh, it's a pattern, 7-6, seven, 7-6, six, seven, six, seven, six. So next week against Pittsburgh Steelers, if the pattern stays true, which I don't think it will be, but he should get seven targets, uh, this is going to be a very tough matchup next week, but it's an easier schedule uh, moving forward. So Adam Humphreys is a... Very, very good option. Only rostered in 4.5% of leagues. He, again, is one of those players where is you, it's very ugly. You don't really want to start him, uh, but he gets it done. He really gets it done. His worst game, he scored 8.1 points in ESPN Standard League. That is great. If, if, if that's his floor of 8.1 points is the worst he's doing, I'm starting him every week. That is, that is a very, very good option, especially with injuries, with bye weeks coming up. Uh, Adam Humphreys is going to his bye weeks over and he should be a very good flex option moving forward. Yeah, that is a great one. Uh, and my final waiver pick is you will roast me for this and I do yeah. deserve it. And it okay. pains me. Uh, Ryan Tannehill quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. I'm not going to roast you. I'm uh, not gonna roast you know, you. he's available out there in Yahoo leagues. He's only 68% rostered. You know, he's somebody that's, it feels gross starting him. You know, I've, I've seen him with the dolphins. <laughs> I remember what that looks like, uh, but he has put together a very impressive resume with the Titans. Uh, and after his awesome finish last year, I had some pretty big question marks. If he could do it again, 
Well, time to eat some crow. He's doing it again. His last two games against Houston and Buffalo were nothing short of phenomenal. They're getting it done. Tannehill is a huge part of it. Uh, You know, not only is he streamable, I think he's a must start. He's a must own. And he's somebody I'm looking to pivot to if I do have those underperforming options. You know, there's people out there who drafted Matt Ryan. You know, there's people out there that, you know, with Cam Newton, um, you know, there's there's so many options that are underperforming. Tannehill is one of those players that you make the switch to. You don't feel great about it, but I'd much rather start Tannehill over Minshew. There's other people trying to be too cute. Tannehill, I think, is the answer. and He's somebody that you should scoop up and play. Nice. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to roast you for that because he's only owned 54% of ESPN leagues. Uh, I, I say roast worthy is over 66%. So that, that is a really good pick. He's a very good quarterback. Uh, and you know how much I love the Titans. And I know how much you dislike the Titans. So that's a, <laughs> that's a pretty 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 good pick out of you there. Um, I'm going to go with, again, another weird pick. Owned in 15% of leagues. He is the new Michael Gallup. Uh, Randall Cobb, the Houston Texans. I say oh, no. Michael Gallup. I know. But think about it. He is the new Michael Gallup. He is the wide receiver three on the team, but there is still room for him to produce. Uh, so Deshaun Watson throws the ball two-thirds of the time on offensive plays. A lot of throwing there. Um, still trying to get chemistry with Brandon Cooks, although it's looking better and better each game. Uh, this team throws the ball a crap ton. And Randall Cobb has been targeted five, six times a game. Um, he's not, again, he's not going to win you the weeks. All of my free agent pickups of this week should be flex, no higher until proven otherwise, but two games in a row where he scored over 10 points. I'll take that any day. His worst week was against, was week one against Kansas city and it's Kansas city. You're not going to perform well. Uh, he has some great, great matchups coming up against Green Bay week seven, against Jacksonville and against Cleveland. Those are three matchups. There is a bye week in there, but those are three matchups that I like a lot uh, enough for all three of these wide receivers to produce. So I like Randall Cobb moving forward. Uh, he does have a bye week week eight. So if you do pick him up this week, you won't play the following. But Randall Cobb, a very good flex option. Uh, position rank 37 which if you do the math he really is a wide receiver three uh, but he does have wide receiver crazy enough wide receiver two upside so Randall Cobb again another ugly pick but he's he's gonna put you he's gonna get you enough points for you to not be upset with him in flex yeah that's a bold pick Andrew but I certainly can't uh, hate you for it yeah Um, Well, Andrew, that wraps up our week six recap episode. I do want to thank everybody for listening. If we could ask for a small favor, if you could leave us a a review or a rating on whatever platform it is you're using to listen to us, it makes a big difference. It helps us reach more people and it helps keep us going. That is what motivates us is bringing you the best fantasy analysis we can. Uh, Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you had a wonderful week six, and we look forward to previewing week seven with you later this week.